Welcome to the Find Your Nutrition Podcast. Here, we'll discuss nutrition for health, wellness, and energy for everyday life. What's up, everyone? I hope everyone's having a wonderful Tuesday. Today, we're going to go over another article that I found by the company Levels, a continuous glucose monitoring company, and it's called Tasty Ideas for a Low-Carb Breakfast. So we'll go over a lot of different ideas that they give for low-carb breakfasts, and I think it will really help you in giving you some ideas of good things you can eat for breakfast that will keep you full until lunchtime and give you a lot of energy. So just before we get into that, I want to just go over one lesson I went over with one of my coaching clients this week. So it's someone who for lunch would always eat a sandwich with grilled chicken and some vegetables inside and bread as the base. So what I got him to do is swap out the bread with either beans or lentils, depending on what he was feeling for the day. So swapping out that bread for the beans or the lentils adds more protein to his lunch and also comes with a lot of fiber in both beans and lentils, whereas with the bread, he was not getting that. So just this little swap made him feel much more energetic uh, after lunch and the hours after and gave him really the nutrients and the energy he needed to make it until dinner without really snacking um, until getting to dinner. So it's been really helpful for him so far. Take it and use it throughout your day if you want. And uh, let's get into the article, Tasty Ideas for a Low-Carb Breakfast. So it says, don't start your day with a blood sugar spike and energy draining crash. Try these delicious and glucose-friendly breakfast options instead. The first meal of the day can also be the most treacherous to our metabolic health. We're often rushed, getting to work, or squeezing in exercise, and so much of our go-to options, bagels, cereals, even options which some people may consider to be healthier, such as oatmeal or smoothies, can be blood sugar bombs packed in with hidden carbs. We want to avoid blood glucose spikes anytime, but research shows keeping glycemic levels low and protein high early in the day can spur higher energy levels throughout the day. We've rounded up a few breakfast swap ideas as well as some simple guidelines to keep in mind as you find the morning options that will start your day right. So it starts with foods to avoid. And the first one is potatoes. High carb foods like potatoes in all their forms, including home fries and hash browns, tend to cause blood sugar to spike and dip for most people. Sadly, sweet potatoes aren't much better. Though they have more beta carotene than their white counterparts, the amount the food will raise your blood sugar is nearly as high. The next one is bread, bagels, and flour tortillas. Any carbohydrate-heavy foods made with refined flour will elevate your glucose levels. One study found that the more the grain is processed, the more your insulin response increases. The next is instant oatmeal. In small portions and balanced out with protein and healthy fat, steel-cut and even old-fashioned or rolled oats can work for some people. 
though many of our members find any oatmeal leads to large spikes. But because instant oats are partially cooked and then dried, aka processed, they tend to spike nearly everyone's blood sugar. Maple syrup is the next one. You may have heard maple syrup is healthy because it has minerals and antioxidants, but it's still about 60% sucrose with some glucose and fructose and will almost certainly spike your blood sugar. Sweden yogurt is the next one. It can contain as much as three sugar cubes worth of sugar per serving, according to the British researchers. So this is actually a big one that I used to eat a lot, especially in the morning, Sweden yogurts. And now it's something that I never eat. So I completely cut out Sweden yogurts. If I am going to have yogurt, it's going to be most of the time Greek yogurt or just normal yogurt. I try to get higher percent of fat. And if I want to add something to it, I'll add berries, usually raspberries or blackberries, sometimes blueberries, and I'll add some coconut or some chia seeds, and that's it. And that's how I eat my yogurt. And juice is the next one you want to avoid in the morning. The sugar in fruit juice is usually naturally occurring, but it's missing the slow digesting fiber found in whole fruits. So what? In a study of 18 people with type 2 diabetes, those who ate a high-fiber diet had better glucose metrics than those who ate only about 15 grams of fiber a day. So that's another one that I personally completely cut out from my diet. Um, it is okay to have juice in small quantities every now and then, but it's something I used to drink every day, and now I stick to water, tea, and coffee throughout the day. One cup of coffee, one cup of tea, and the rest I just drink water. The next one to avoid is granola. Whether made with honey, maple syrup, or brown sugar, granola typically contains added sugar, and it's often made with dried fruit, which has concentrated sugar content compared to fresh fruit. So it's another one I try to take out of my diet and it's something I don't miss. So again, with the yogurt, I used to put in some, some granola into my yogurt for that crunch and now I don't feel like I need it. And if I want that crunch, I could add some coconut or just some seeds or some nuts and it works perfectly well. And the last one of the foods to avoid in the morning are donuts, pastries, pancakes, and waffles. So breakfast pastries of any type usually contain both refined flour and added sugar. Even without syrup, filling, or frosting, all essentially pure sugar, they can be glucose landmines. So as a kid, I used to eat pancakes a lot and even waffles. I never really had donuts or pastries in the morning. But um, yeah, it's something I never will really have anymore. And if I do want to have something like a pancake or those kind of pastries, I'll have it as a dessert after a meal that I had a significant amount of healthy fats and protein. Okay, now that we are done with the foods that you should avoid for breakfast, let's get into the more important part, which is actually the foods that you should include for breakfast. So every time you're thinking about what foods you should eat and what foods you should not eat, try focusing more on the things that you should eat. So you're not having a mindset of, 
limited foods and things that you can't eat. Try to think about the things you can eat and get excited about that. So let's start. Anything with omega-3s. Higher red blood cell concentrations of these essential fatty acids have been linked to better metabolic profiles. You'll find omega-3s in fish, especially salmon, sardines, oysters, and anchovies, and even mackerel. Flax seeds, chia seeds, and walnuts. So it's perfectly fine to have leftovers from the night before for breakfast. So you can take, if you had salmon the night before, you can take some of that salmon and eat it with eggs. And that's a perfect breakfast. So don't be afraid to eat foods that aren't necessarily considered breakfast foods for breakfast. The next one is whole food fats and proteins. Eating carbs on their own is more likely to spike your glucose than pairing them with fat and protein. Case in point, research shows that people who ate almonds with white bread had significantly lower post-meal spikes than eating white bread alone. So if you opt for a small piece of white grain, or even better, almond flour toast, spread on some almond butter or avocado, which contain fat and protein. Macronutrient-rich plant foods. Micronutrients, or vitamins and minerals, matter to your metabolism, and it appears getting them through food is preferable to supplements. Try to get them from fruits, vegetables, legumes, whole grains, nuts and olive oil so the next one is nuts and seeds they contain fiber omega-3s healthy fat and protein and micronutrients and then the next one is fermented foods like yogurt or some cottage cheese these contain probiotics or good bacteria that can be beneficial to your gut microbiome and an imbalance there has been linked to metabolic disorders the next Thing you should eat in the mornings or add to things that you potentially eat is cinnamon. A Turkish study found that people who consume one to six grams of cinnamon, that's about half to two and a half teaspoons a day for over a month, had a statistically significant drop in their post-meal glucose levels. And the next thing is natural sweeteners. Researchers are still learning more about natural sweeteners, but one small study suggests that monk fruit made from the juice of the green melon and stevia made from leaves of the stevia plant had little effect on 24-hour glucose levels, and a separate study indicates that allulose, a low-calorie sweetener naturally occurring in raisins, dried figs, and molasses, may actually lower blood sugar compared to eating a meal with a different sugar. So that doesn't mean you should eat sugars at all, even these naturally occurring sweeteners. But if you are going to add something like sugar, then try swapping it out with something like monk fruit or allulose or stevia. Low glycemic fruit. Fruits that fall low on the glycemic index scale tend to have less of an effect on glucose levels. So that includes berries, apples, and even oranges. So now some swaps to get you started. If you're an oatmeal person, try chia pudding. Chia contains fiber, omega-3s, healthy fat, and protein. Add a cocoa powder to your pudding as cocoa flavonoids may improve insulin sensitivity. 
Look for natural cocoa as dutching and processing remove flavonoids. If you want to squeeze in some veggies before lunch, try a Southwest tofu scramble, but skip the breakfast potatoes. Or black bean tofu scramble with creamy salsa sauce. Add tofu for higher protein. You could also whip up a veggie frilled egg frittata. Make sure the eggs are pasture raised, which have more omega-3s than the conventional kind. Or make breakfast tacos with sauteed zucchini, onions, and cauliflower. Cruciferous vegetables like cauliflower contain a compound called sulforaphane, which can increase insulin sensitivity in people with diabetes and flaxseed tortillas. Flax is a good source of omega-3s. So all of these foods that we just went over, for example, you can swap out the tofu like they recommended with things like meat or salmon, and you still get that protein, and you still get the great choices for breakfast. So now, if you love lattes, you can try a cinnamon coconut latte made with cinnamon and slow digesting fat found in the coconut milk. If you're a yogurt and granola person, try plain non-dairy yogurt or full-fat Greek yogurt topped with nuts, chia seeds, and coconut flakes, hemp seeds, or ground flax seeds, and one to two tablespoons of wild organic blueberries or raspberries. Frozen is completely fine. I personally buy frozen myself for raspberries and sweetened with monk fruit if necessary, or top your yogurt with grain-free granola. If you tend to grab breakfast on the go, try a green smoothie. The key with green smoothies is to make sure there isn't too much fruit, but there are good fat and protein sources. If you must have a pastry in the morning, your local grocery likely carries several low-carb or keto-friendly pancake mixes or frozen waffles. Typically, they're made with almond or coconut flour, and you can find syrups made with stevia or monk fruit, but don't expect them to taste like the real thing. Better to find new favorite toppings like berries or peanut butter. So that's the end of the article, but now I'll just go over some of my go-to breakfasts. And really, I'm the type of person who can eat the same breakfast most of the time and really just enjoy it. I really don't get sick of eggs. I really love eggs and so basically my breakfast most mornings contains two eggs, some type of cheese, whether it be gouda cheese or cheddar cheese or mozzarella. I stick away from the American cheese even though I used to really like it that's one of the cheeses you want to stay away from. It's processed and really not healthy for you. So with the eggs, I'll either, if I'm going to make an omelet, I'll add some kind of vegetables in there, whether it be zucchini or onion or both. And sometimes I will just cook the eggs by themselves. So like sunny side up or fried in butter or olive oil. I'll always use those as the fats. Another cheese I'll actually use sometimes if I'm cooking eggs sunny side up is Parmesan. So after I'm done cooking up the eggs, I'll just grate some Parmesan right over the, the eggs 
and it's a really tasty option as well. Something I didn't do in the past, but as I started doing it recently, I really love it and it's a great option. So in addition to the eggs and the cheese, sometimes I'll add a small amount of protein, a meat protein from the night before, whether it be a little bit of ground beef or a little bit of salmon, even some chicken in the morning can really help me to stay full and energetic for many hours um, before having to think about lunch. And if I don't add any meat from the night before, then I'll like to eat a little bit of yogurt or even cottage cheese. And again, if I'm going to eat yogurt, most of the time it'll be Greek yogurt with some, some berries, sometimes some coconut flakes, sometimes some seeds. And that's mostly what I eat for breakfast. And on the side, sometimes I'll eat some cucumber or red pepper, depending on the day. And sometimes if I don't want eggs, then I'll just eat the leftovers that I had from the night before. And that can be pretty much anything. It can be foods that are definitely not considered breakfast foods at all. But for me, it's totally fine to eat a dinner food for breakfast. I love it, even if people might make fun of me for it sometimes. I think it's one of the best breakfast foods you can opt for. And if you don't want to cook breakfast every morning, like again, you can either eat leftovers from the night before, or you can batch cook hard-boiled eggs, for example, or frittatas, or things like that, where you can just cook for three, four, five days at a time, and then have your breakfast made pretty much and you can batch cut up vegetables to go with that so it can be much easier depending on what you like and how you want to prepare these things the best option again is to eat at home to cook yourself you know what is going into the food you're eating exactly you can cook it with healthy fats such as olive oil, avocado oil, or butter. You'll stay away from those seed oils and those unhealthy processed oils like canola oil and other vegetable oils. And that way you can really get your nutrition on track and stay away from those glucose spikes that really are not a good way to start the day. So it would mean the world to me if you can subscribe to the podcast And if you can leave a quick five-star review, I love seeing those. So if you can take just a few seconds, subscribe and leave a five-star review, I'd really love that. And I can't wait to see you on next week's episode of the Find Your Nutrition podcast. See you then.